You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. See, when we look at ourselves in comparison to the deviants, we feel like a polished Porsche. You know what I'm saying? But when we look at ourselves in comparison to Jesus, we realize that we're just a badly primered Pinto. And that was Nicodemus in front of everyone else. According from everybody else's standard, man, he looked like a polished Porsche. But there was something that Jesus taught, something that he saw in Jesus that just convicted him. Everyone has the desire to compare themselves to others. We feel the need for validation that our lives are better and more perfect than others. But is that really the truth? Pastor Dion explains today how to recognize flaws in your life. Your life may appear to be perfect in your eyes, but as you get to know Jesus, you begin to see your true inner self and how sin has a hold on your life. However, when you accept Jesus as your Savior and repent of your sins, Jesus takes it all away and he restores your life. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of John chapter 3 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles, if you will, with me, please, to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Open your Bibles there. And uh, let's start with a prayer. Father, I want to say thank you for meeting us here with your presence, with your word, and with your spirit. I pray, Father, that you would just really bring joy and passion and excitement to our hearts. We've been estranged, and thank God we've been hydrated. You've been sharing your word with us, and we've been growing this entire time. But thank you for allowing us to come back together and to share um, each other's presence uh, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I pray, Father, that as we get into the message today, you'd really just speak to us, and you continue to grow us, to be more like you. We're living in the last days and are very aware of it, and we want, Lord, to just make sure that our lives reflect you, and that we're full so that we're able to share with others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I'm going to be sharing a particular series, starting a series um, for the next few Sundays, and it's called Encounters with Jesus. And we're going to take quite a few of those encounters out of the book of John. And today is one that you're very familiar with. Almost every Christian knows Nicodemus very well. But we're going to talk about that particular encounter. And we're going to go through each of those characters in the book of John and their encounter with Christ. And you're going to realize how much their encounters were just like yours. And how Jesus is still bringing himself and those encounters to us today. And so I think it's going to be great. So I hope that uh, that you're ready for it. Are you ready? All right. So have you ever been in the presence of greatness? You know, maybe you bumped into or crossed paths with or stood in line to see a celebrity, a pro athlete, a VIP. Have you ever been in the presence of greatness like that? And if you have, who was it? Can I ask? Who was it? Who was the VIP, the celebrity that maybe you bumped into? Yes. Ted Kennedy. Who else? Jesse Jackson. Will Smith. Barack Obama. 
Magic Johnson. Wow, right? So quite a few people. Well, guys, I'm originally from Taos, and so I've run into a fair share of celebrities. Dennis Hopper, Julia Roberts. In fact, she bought the property that belonged to my uncle. Donald Rumsfeld, I would run into him at the post office all the time. Lynn Anderson, the great country and western uh, singer, I ran into her. R.C. Gorman, of course. And then when I was a co-host for Channel 11, KCHF Television, I got to sit in interviews with Billy Graham and Pat Robertson and Jerry Falwell and Dima Shikarian and Greg Laurie and Pastor Chuck Smith and, of course, a bunch of other guys who thought they were celebrities. They're, they're just legends in their own minds. But, but, but I had that opportunity. And so let me ask you, those of you that bumped into somebody, the celebrity, how did you react when you first bumped into them, when you first came across them? How did you react? Was there that an acknowledgement? Was there admiration? Were you starstruck? Did you act goofy? Kind of like, you know, Dennis Habert when he walks into a restaurant in the Allstate commercial, you know, and people just start saying, safe driver, safe 40%, safe driver, safe 40%. They don't even know his name. Just, that, that, that's safe driver, safe 40%. People really do act that way when they run across celebrities and they run across, you know, VIPs. Their mouths and drive, but their brains are in neutral. Well, Jesus is the biggest celebrity that the world has ever seen. Yes. And in fact, John spent the first chapter in his gospel emphasizing that very thing. That Jesus was the greatest celebrity, the greatest VIP that has ever been on this planet. In fact, John said he, Jesus, also called him the Word, was with God and is God and became flesh. In fact, here is his actual writing, the record, John chapter 1, and here's what he said. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the Word became flesh. And dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son of God from the Father, full of grace and truth. Isn't that awesome, guys? The Apostle Paul also presented Jesus to his congregation like this in Colossians chapter 1, starting with verse 15. Here's what he said Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on the earth. He made the things which can be seen and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Now, I'm going to let, that, let you absorb that just for a little bit. And, and at, the, at the end of that, you ought to say, wow. Everybody say it. What? Wow. The creator and the maintainer of all things, the omnipotent, the all-powerful, the omniscient, the all-knowing, the transcendent, above all, the immutable, never-changing, sovereign God, 
was walking around in human flesh, illuminating men with his compassion, with his charisma, and with his communication. Now just stop and think about that for a minute. God in the flesh, God with skin on, walking around and illuminating people. Right there, you ought to say, my mind is blown. It's almost hard to imagine, but poof! Well, in our story today, Jesus, this unknown celebrity to everybody around him, was in Jerusalem for a celebration called, everybody said out loud, Passover. So Jesus was, God incarnate, is, happens to be in Jerusalem for a specific holiday called Passover. Now, Passover was the religious holiday that commemorated the Jews' deliverance from Egypt. Kind of like our 4th of July, our Independence Day. And people would travel for miles to celebrate Passover in Jerusalem. It was huge. Well, Jesus and his disciples were there in Jerusalem, and they were enjoying the festivities. They were eating shawarmas and falafels. They were drinking lime lemonade. There were music and singing and dancing. In fact, they were probably singing and dancing. It was a blast because it's happening all over Jerusalem. People are engaged and Jesus and his, his disciples are there. When all of a sudden, out of the darkness, a religious leader named Nicodemus walks up. In fact, let's go ahead and read the record, John chapter 3 and verse 1. And here's what it says. Now there was a man of the, and everybody say it, Pharisees named Nicodemus. Again, he is a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night. All right, so Jesus and his disciples got in the flesh is in Jerusalem, he's enjoying the festivities for Passover, there's dancing and singing and food, and all of a sudden, Nicodemus comes and seeks Jesus out. Now, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. Can we say that out loud again? A what? A Pharisee. He was also a Jewish religious leader. He was one of the 71 chosen to govern the Jews. He was on the Sanhedrin Council. You see, the Jews didn't have a king they had a council of men that taught and modeled and enforced this. The law of Moses. So, Israel doesn't have a king. They have a council of men, 71 to be exact. And they are the ones who model, who teach and enforce the law of Moses. Which is the five books of, the first five books of your Bible. Genesis Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, or Numbers and Deuteronomy. So it's those first five books that they enforce, they teach, they model, they practice. There's 71 of the leaders who do that. The religious leaders, these religious leaders in Nicodemus, were poster boys of perfection. They never missed a church service ever. All right? Under any circumstances, they never missed a church service. They also, they memorized the Torah. They memorized the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, right? And I'm not talking about just the titles. You and I have trouble memorizing the titles. They memorized every single thing in those books. Amazing. They also prayed faithfully three times daily. 
They fasted twice a week. That's twice more than you and I fast, right? They tithe from every single blessing. Not just from their paycheck, but even from the birthday money, from the dime that they found on the street. Ah, nine, I keep nine, God gets one penny. And they even, they were so, so meticulous about this, even the dill seeds from their herb gardens, little dill seeds, they tied those as well. They would count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine for me, one for God. One, two, these guys were pious, man. They were pious. They were the poster boys of, of this. Not only did they do that, but the religious leaders were also guardians of Judaism. That was the Jewish religion. These religious leaders would protect the law of Moses. They would protect the teachings and the traditions of the Old Testament. They would make sure everybody followed them to the letter. They were actually legalists, kind of like Nacho in Nacho Libre, where he says, why have you not been baptized? Huh? I mean, these guys were wrapped tighter than Egyptian mummies. Now, Nicodemus was one of these poster boys. Nicodemus and other Pharisees had been following Jesus around in Jerusalem since Jesus had gotten there for the Passover. They've been following him around because they're watching and investigating and listening and scrutinizing and evaluating Jesus' teachings and character. It was their job to make sure there was no false prophets teaching some other doctrine to the Jewish people. So they had been following Jesus around, and Nicodemus was with them. They were kind of making sure Jesus didn't get out of line or teach something that was away from their scriptures, and they were observing Jesus' character. And most of the religious leaders, in fact, all of them saw his compassion. They heard Jesus' wisdom. They witnessed his miraculous power. But most of the religious leaders were skeptical, were suspicious. You know that saying that, you know, if something looks too good to be true, it probably, it probably is too good to be true. And that's the way they looked at Jesus. But something about Jesus' teaching or persona convicted Nicodemus. Something about Jesus' teaching, as he was going around with these religious leaders and evaluating and investigating Jesus, something Jesus said, something Jesus did, convicted Nicodemus. It snapped his garters. Kind of like the Old Testament story of Isaiah. Isaiah was a temple priest. And he was in the temple one day when all of a sudden, the Lord appeared in the temple. And when Isaiah saw the beauty and the power and the holiness of the Lord, Isaiah cried out this in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 5. My doom is sealed, for I am a foul-mouthed sinner, a member of a sinful foul-mouthed race. See, when we look at ourselves in comparison to the deviants, we feel like a polished Porsche. You know what I'm saying? But when we look at ourselves in comparison to Jesus, we realize that we're just a badly primered pinto. And that was Nicodemus. In front of everyone else, according from everybody else's standard, man, he looked like a polished Porsche. But there was something that Jesus taught, something that he saw in Jesus that just convicted him. Seeing and hearing Jesus triggered a question in Nicodemus' mind and heart. Here was the question. Is being good, good enough 
to get into heaven? Is being good good enough to get into heaven? So here, Nicodemus has been following Jesus around with the rest of these religious leaders, evaluating and investigating Jesus. Something about Jesus' teaching or persona impacts him, convicts him, and he realizes, "Eh, is being good good enough? The question began gnawing on Nicodemus' mind. I mean, think about it. How many times haven't Jesus' words caused us to evaluate our attitudes and our actions? How many times haven't Jesus' words not on our conscience? That's what it was doing to Nicodemus. It spent all of his life being the best he could. But what if it wasn't enough? The thought kept keeping, I mean, the thought kept running through his mind and it was even keeping him awake. He lied down and couldn't sleep because it was gnawing at him. Well, guys, when you can't sleep, don't count sheep. Talk to the shepherd. There is no better place to take our questions, our doubts, our uncertainties than to the Lord. No better place than to take those to the Lord. In fact, here's James chapter 1 and verse 5. Here's what it says. But if any of you needs wisdom, you should ask God for it. He is a generous, he is generous and enjoys giving to all people, so he will give you wisdom. We also know that Jesus taught, ask and you shall seek and you shall, and then knock and it shall be open to you, right, given to you. Well, that's exactly what Nicodemus did. This conviction was gnawing at his heart as is being good, good enough to get into heaven. Couldn't sleep thinking about it. So he gets up and decides, I'm going to go find out. I'm going to go talk to Jesus, the one who actually created this conviction in my heart. So Nicodemus, he gets up and he sought Jesus out that night. And then when Nicodemus finds Jesus, Nicodemus kick-started the conversation by acknowledging Jesus as a teacher sent from God. Let's pick it up in verse 2. Here's what he says. This man came to Jesus, Nicodemus, by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus can't sleep because he's got that question gnawing in his heart and his mind. Is being good good enough to get into heaven? He goes out and finds Jesus and his disciples and wherever they're at in the night, they're enjoying the festivities of the Passover. Maybe they're, they're getting comfortable for the evening and all of a sudden Nicodemus shows up and he starts telling Jesus, Jesus, I know you are a teacher sent from God. Little did Nicodemus know that Jesus was not a teacher that came from God. He was God who came to teach. But Jesus didn't correct him. Jesus simply responded by answering the question in Nicodemus' mind and heart. Nicodemus didn't even get the question out. It had been gnawing on him at this time, and he bumps, he comes and finds Jesus, and then he says, Jesus, he says, you know, you are a teacher sent from God. And Jesus is probably just smiling at him. You know, thanks for the acknowledgement. It's not quite what it really is, but that's okay. And then he does a God thing, he answers the question that Nicodemus hasn't hasn't even asked yet. Jesus tells him, 
You must be born again. But here's the thing that I want you to know. Jesus knows the questions, the fears, the doubts that plague our minds, that nod our stomachs, that panic our hearts. He knows them. Before they even come out of our mouth, he knows what we're going to say. And Jesus wastes no time to bring us peace, answers, truth, and direction. He does it every time. How many of you have experienced that, right? Even before you verbalize it. Jesus wastes no time. Because you want to know, Jesus responds quickly to true seekers. He really does. And Nicodemus was a true seeker. And so he comes and Jesus cuts to the chase. He just answers his question. Nicodemus was pondering the most important question anyone could ever ask. Will I go to heaven? And how can I be sure? Have you ever pondered that question? Have you ever wrestled with doubt? Well, Jesus doesn't want us to be uncertain. He wants us to have security, confidence, clarity about going to heaven. So Jesus declared to him right away, you must be born again to get into heaven. It wasn't a suggestion, an option, or a recommendation. It was imperative. In fact, let's read it again together. You must be born again. Say it out loud. You must be born again. You must. It's imperative. Meaning that we weren't born right the first time. Houston, we have a problem. But what was Jesus talking about? Why do we need to be born again? And how can we be born again? I mean, Nicodemus was about as confused as a goat on AstroTurf, you know, when Jesus told him. Looking at Jesus like a dog in a new pan, you know, like he just got off the bus. What? Thank God Nicodemus wasn't too proud to ask questions. Let's hear the conversation. Jesus tells Nicodemus to be born again, and Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Again, read it out loud with me. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of Spirit is Spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of where it comes from, where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things you do not believe, how can you believe it if I tell you heavenly things? You've been listening to Pastor Dion Cordova right here on The Simple Truth. In this series entitled Encounters with Jesus, Pastor Dion has been exploring the various ways that people interacted with Jesus as a person. They got to see him heal people, teach crowds, and confront demons. It's such an array of situations they encountered next to the Son of Man and Son of God 
As you listen to these teachings, our hope is that you've been refreshed by something you've heard, realizing and appreciating things about Jesus in a new way. If there's something specific that stood out to you, would you let us know? You can call us at 505-753-4363. Once again, that number is 505-753-4363. We'd love to hear how this ministry is impacting our listeners. The Simple Truth is a ministry of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. If you're in the area, stop in and see us. We're here at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're excited to meet you and have you come join us for worship. You can find all the information you need at tmcalvary.com. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. If you'd like to hear additional messages from this series, you can do so by going to tmcalvary.com and looking for the media tab. Thanks so much for listening today and engaging with the one true God. We'll be back again next time with more from The Simple Truth. So let us join our hands and together we stand together.